Amen. Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. You, you all are a little quiet today. Did you eat your Wheaties this morning? No. I see some people going, no. I'm not even sure Wheaties would do it today. Happy New Year. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, today is Vision Sunday, and I know we have a lot of our folks who have bit the dust to, uh, to COVID, and uh, my daughter had a fever uh, last night, so we're even... I probably won't come out and say hello to you today just to try to be safe, so uh, we're going to continue to battle this thing, and, and eventually uh, God, will, God will take care of it. At least that's what we're praying, right? Uh, we know we had an incredible uh, last year, challenging year, and we kind of reflected on that a few weeks ago and kind of showed you some ministry highlights of what happens, uh, but today vi being Vision Sunday, we're looking into the future, and despite uh, things that are chaotic and crazy in our world, God has a mission for us. In this new year, and uh, we're going to be about the mission of God. We're going to overcome the obstacles that the world puts in our way, and that's okay. Those obstacles will make us stronger. And so, uh, our team, staff, and a lot of you have chimed in on on our dreams for 2021. So, we want to show you perhaps a little snapshot this morning of what we're praying for in this coming year, and we'll talk more about it in the message in a little bit. But just let's watch this video this morning. We shared last year that the Bible tells us that without a vision, people perish. Despite an unpredictable year in 2020 with a worldwide pandemic, our vision remained strong because of a committed church family to help us make disciples who serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. We will continue to value truth, purpose, unity, and generations, proving that we are better together, and together we will see God's vision come to pass. In the pastoral arena, our vision is to see us continue to connect with our community, including business leaders, through our quarterly business outreach that began with our business leaders' lunch when Neelan Brown was here. We also desire to have a ministry intern, a young person who is studying hands-on ministry, serving alongside our staff at Crossroads. As we dive into God's Word, we're excited about our study in the book of Mark to take our whole church deeper into God's Word and our aim to help our volunteers and our church members equip them for the work of the ministry. Preparing for better connectivity, we'll explore the expansion of our campus with much-needed classrooms on the physical side of things while preparing to create an online church directory to help us connect digitally. In the music arena, our prayers continue to move us back to our worship choir and more new music, drama, and instruments to enhance our worship experience each week. We'll seek to engage our community with an outdoor movie and concerts in the fall of 2021. Our children's ministry will endeavor to partner with our parents as they disciple their children, especially those who are new believers, as we continue our mindset that every person was made on purpose for a purpose. Our student ministry will aim to equip our students with their talents to lead out in mission and worship and find God's calling on their lives. Our media goals are to see the reach of our church engage people with the gospel as we share our messages each week through virtual prayer partners. While we'll host local mission trips as well as international trips to the Dominican Republic and Malawi, Africa, our goal will be to see everything that we do through the lens of missions aimed at reaching people with a message of hope and helping them become disciples that serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. This is our vision for 2021 here at Crossroads, where hope and home come together.
together. I wanted just to, to let you think for a moment. What in the world? This year has been difficult, this past year. And if you think it's been difficult for you, think about the weight that we've carried. The weight of the world, the church. What do we need to do? How do we need to do it? How can we reach more people? What can we do here? What can we do there? Man. But through it all, God is good. Through it all, God has proved himself. And if he's proved himself in a year like we just had, just wait. If we continue to trust him, my goodness, what in the world is he going to do this year? I cannot wait. Let's sing this chorus. Jason, if you can bring this back up. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. Oh my goodness, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for his grace that I trust him more. Let's sing that chorus just once more. Good morning. If you have your Bible, open up to Mark chapter 2. While you're turning there, Mark chapter 2. It is Vision Sunday, and uh, I'm glad that you're here. I know we've had a lot of people this week, again, as I mentioned, who have gotten uh, sick. Be praying for them. Uh, we, We will continue to meet till Jesus comes back. Virus or no virus, pandemic or no pandemic, Uh, meeting together is essential. Growing together is essential. I need you, and whether you believe it or not, you need me. We need each other. We need Jesus. We need corporate worship. Uh, And so uh, if you're not able to come or you aren't feeling well, if you're not feeling well, stay home. All right. Is that clear enough? If you're not feeling well, stay home. We don't want to pass the sickness around. I know uh, school teachers would be chiming in with an amen all over the country, so... Uh, let's keep each other safe, and uh, we do have, of course, the mask in our, our VIP section in the back. Good to see y'all today. So glad that you're here, and we, uh, we appreciate it. Today is, uh, as, is Vision Sunday, and we've been praying uh, actually for the last year about what God would want to do in our church family. We are studying through the book of Mark, and uh, there are sheets back here where the offering box is. Hopefully those books will come in this week if you missed getting a book If you're a teacher and you have extras, please let us know so we can make sure somebody who doesn't have one of those books gets it. Uh, This uh, next three or four months, church family, I'm asking you to step out and be aggressive when it comes to studying God's Word. Next Sunday, we're going to leap forward to Mark chapter 5. So we're going to go through the book of Mark between now and Easter. 
And so next Sunday we'll jump forward a little bit and then we'll get on pace and we'll do about a chapter a week. Uh, your homework for this week is to be reading chapter 3, all right? And uh, Tuesday night uh, for our family night live stream Facebook YouTube, I'll be sharing Mark chapter 4, all right? So just kind of file that away. Uh, Mark chapter 2 is where we are though this morning and we're talking about uh, vision. The older I get, my vision uh, worsens. Uh, I've noticed that I'm starting to hold my Bible out here now on Sunday morning, and before long I'll just lay it down here on the table and I'll be able to read it from that far. We're not talking about that kind of vision, though that's important. We're talking about a spiritual vision. And uh, there are churches all across our land. Uh, I was sitting in, in a restaurant this week with one of our church folks having a discussion and uh, when we got through uh, uh, eating, the gentleman that was kind of a couple tables over stood up and walked over and he said, I can't help but I've been listening to you guys' conversation. Uh, and he's a friend of mine. He said, I'm actually on a plane to go to Ohio to help a church figure out basically how to close gracefully. And he said, I'm listening to you guys talk about what's going on in your church. And I just want to tell you, you are the exception. So praise God for what he's done in our church over the last year. And I think he's done that because we collectively have a spiritual vision of what he's called us to do. It's not a vision from the pastor. It's not a vision from any one person. It's a collective vision about what God wants us to do, which means it's going to take all of us to get it done. And I'm excited about that. And we see that played out in Mark chapter 2. So if you've got your Bible, let's look at it together. Mark 2 verse 1. It says, when he had come back to Capernaum, that's Jesus that Mark is talking about, several days afterward, it was heard he was at home. Many were gathered together, so there was no longer room, not even near the door, and Jesus was speaking the word to them. And they came, don't know who they is, my mom and dad told, growing up used to always say, you know what they say. I don't know if this is them or not, but it says they, so it must be. They came, a group of people, bringing to Jesus a paralytic, Carried by four men. And being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. I want to talk a little bit about vision this morning. And I want to give you just three things that I believe from this passage of Scripture we can learn about having a vision. For us collectively as a church, for these people who carried this paralytic to Jesus and dug a hole through the roof, uh, they had to have a plan. Having a vision requires a plan. You probably have heard this before, at least I hope, that failing to plan is planning to fail. Over the last year, as Joey mentioned, um, as a church staff, we've had many plans. Many we would say, okay, well, if this happens with the pandemic, we'll do this. If this happens, we'll do this. If this happens, we had many different scenarios we mapped out in an attempt to try to be able to pivot and adapt and do what God has called us to do. Um, and so you've got to have a plan, but not only have a plan, having a plan is great, but you've got to implement the plan. As uh, Nike said, I believe it was, let's just do it. Just do it. You have to have a plan that actually implement the plan. And so you would look at these guys. Uh, actually, it was a group of people. Four of them were carrying the paralytic, but it was a group of people that saw this need of a friend, were determined in their heart 
to go up the staircase beside this house, which in Bible times they had most houses had staircases outside because they would go fellowship on the roof. They would dry their dishes on the roof. The roof was kind of a place where they just kind of hung out, kind of like your back porch maybe, your deck, your front porch. And so I want us to look and see what we can learn about uh, very quickly about having a vision this morning. And the first one I believe that we see here is this. Our vision will require creativity. Our vision will require creativity. We live in an interesting world here in 2021. Times have changed. These guys could not bring the paralytic to Jesus through the door because of the crowd. That would have been the normal way to get somebody in was through the door, the normal way. And I'm realizing that in our world today, it's, there is no normal. We thought we were in a normal, but now we're in, they say, the new normal. I'm not sure what that means, but times have changed. I was thinking about how times have changed this week, just looking back on my own life. I remember a time where there were these things called VHS cassettes. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. Tell your neighbor, VHS. And actually, we used to kind of say it twice, VHS tapes, these Things you stuck in a slot. I remember the joy. I was thinking about growing up. I remember the joy of ripping open a CD with my teeth and trying to get the plastic off of it. And I thought about, you know, obsessing about memorizing a phone number. Now I know zero phone numbers. I know no phone numbers. They're all in here. And if I lose this, I can't even call home. If I get lost, they'll just leave me out lost because I won't even be able to tell them my home telephone number. So times have changed. I mean, I think about, you know, even watching television. You, you young people don't know this, but we used to have to have a little magazine that was called a TV guide to actually know what was on TV. You actually had to look at this little book, this little magazine, and figure out what was on television. And uh, we don't need that anymore because the TV guide is actually right on the screen. I remember growing up, you know, I would cancel my Friday night plans because the Duke boys were on, and that was the most important thing in my life. I mean, times have changed. Things have grown. Our culture has changed. And I would say to us as a church family, we've got to, and I think we have over the last year, we've got to be creative. We've got to learn to adapt. It doesn't mean we change the message. The message of God will never change. The message of the gospel will never change. But the methods have to change. We have to adapt. We have to be able to roll with it. As we said before, we've got to be careful when we do that. Because we can start to put our trust and our faith in the methods and not the message. Uh, Even some churches in our culture over the last year have changed their message. And some of them have grown. They've grown spiritually, hopefully, but they've grown numerically. And then all of a sudden, maybe they start to level off numerically. And they're like, well, what happened? What, what What do we need to change? We need to change our methods. Perhaps we need to change our methods, but never change our message. And so you look at what these guys did, these group of people who took this paralytic to get to Jesus. They were willing to do whatever they had to do because their main concern, the single purpose of their heart, was to get this person to Jesus so that he could be made whole. I don't know about you, but I look at our world, and especially over the last week, And just because you don't hear it from the pulpit doesn't mean I'm not aware of what's happening in our culture. You look at what's happened in our world and in our country the last week, friends, if if we think, if we think for a moment that our hope or our solution is any government official, political party, platform, or person, we are sorely mistaken. We should have given that attitude and that hope up a long time ago. There's only one place for hope, and it's Jesus. 
And the world is waiting for us to share that answer because actually the world could be symbolized by this paralytic in this story. The world, in a sense, is paralyzed. Some of us, myself included from time to time, I find myself being one of those paralytics that needs to be carried to Jesus. Why? Because the world beats us up. Many of us maybe find ourselves here this morning, and, and I, over the last year I've been one of these people where I come in here and I'm physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally worn out. And you know what? That's what God, uh, that's what the enemy actually wants. God wants us to be whole and healthy so he can use us to impact the culture and impact our world and change our families and change our society. But the enemy wants to wear us down so that we're useless, so that we're tired and that we're worn out. I don't know what happened to this man. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened to this paralytic, why he found himself in this position, why, how he reached out to these group, this group of people who wound up bringing him to Jesus and actually ripping a hole in the ceiling of this house. But they were determined. They were determined. They were creative. The second thing I notice here is they. I noticed they, there were a team of people. There were a team of people. Our vision is not just going to require creativity. Our vision will require a team of people. Teamwork. There are no loners. Can I ask you a question this morning? Are you a solo Christian? If you are, I have a 100% money back guarantee for you and your Christian walk. You will crash and burn. There is no such thing as solo Christianity. I know our culture wants to tell us, well, I don't really need to go to church. I am the church. I can be the church myself. I can sit at home and watch church. If you're watching today, we're grateful that we have technology, we have live stream, we have all that. But listen, you need the body of Christ. I need the body of Christ. We need one another to help one another grow. We cannot do it by ourselves. Perhaps think about it. Could it be that the creator of the universe endowed each of us with different gifts for the very purpose to make us depend on one another? You guys are quiet this morning. I think so. There are a lot of gifts I don't have that some of you have that perhaps I'm here at this point in history because you and I complete each other. We complete each other. Together we're the perfect body of Christ as crossroads that God intended for us to accomplish the plan of God. It's amazing that God would be that brilliant. He is. He is. And so we can do it together as a team. Who is, who is doing life with you? These people did it together. Four of them we know were carrying this paralytic. There was a group of them, but four of them carried the paralytic up the steps, which was probably a pretty difficult task. Tearing a hole in the roof, saying, hey, we're going to do this together. Why do we need a teamwork in 2021? I think we need a team because... It's very easy to get dissuaded. It's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy for the world, as I said, to kind of weigh us down, make us want to give up. And yet Paul says, I, he encourages us, I believe it's in the book of Galatians, not to grow weary in well-doing, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. But the world is trying to get us to give up. Oh, really? You believe that? Nobody believes that anymore. That's old. You believe life? No, that's, that's an old concept. Everybody has the freedom to choose whatever they want. You believe marriage is between a man and a woman? That's an old school thing. But give that up. Give that up. The world is pressuring us to change our mindset and to change our behavior and to begin to live 
in a different way, but we need each other to encourage one another, as the Bible says, while it is called today to do the work of the Lord. Be persuaded not to give up, to be persistent. These guys needed teamwork, I think, because there was a lot of work to be done. To rip a hole in the roof and lower this guy down in front of Jesus required work. There's this group of people in the Christian world today. You may have picked up on these in your daily life. I'm not sure. I hope you haven't. But I hear this sometimes in theological things that I read and different camps of thought that I read. As, uh, as we and one of the pastors here, there's this group of people that thinks, well, just God will do all the work. You just accept the grace of God and you just sit back and relax. Show me that in the scripture. God has a job for us to do. He's called us to a work, to service, not to sit, but for things for us to do. Yes, we don't work for salvation. Salvation is a free gift of God. It's by faith through grace in Jesus Christ. Yes, But we work because we are saved, not to get saved. I work not to gain God's acceptance because I have God's acceptance. I want to honor Him. I want to see the world know Him. And so He has a job for us to do. And for these guys, He had a job for them. And that was to take this friend to experience the grace of Jesus. And I'm not sure what they thought. Can you imagine ripping a hole in the ceiling and lowering this person down, do you think that they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the creator of the universe, God in a body, Jesus with skin on, do you think that they knew, obviously Jesus is going to heal this guy? What if he didn't? Because he didn't heal everybody. When you look in Mark chapter 3, chapter 4, you see him doing a lot of healings and, and casting out demons and a lot of the miracles that we'll read as we study the book of Mark. But not everybody, that didn't happen to everybody, it happened a lot, but it didn't happen to everybody. What faith it required for them to, to take this task on, which is the third thing I would say to us about our vision. Our vision is actually going to require faith. Spiritual power. You know, for me, I have a lot of things that I try to do to, to, to stay energized. You know, like a lot of you, I work out not, not as, not as uh, much as my friend Jonathan back there. I see some videos on, online, and I just feel really, really jealous. And uh, forgive me, Lord, I, I, I covet having some of the moves that you have back there, man. But I try to work out. The other thing that kind of gives me spiritual uh, or energy and power is uh, uh, iced tea. Praise God, he invented sweet tea on the eighth day. I know he did, I know he did. So I'll caffeine, I need caffeine. Those kind of things are great, but listen, there's nothing better than the spiritual power of God. And you know where that comes from? Faith. That's the spiritual power, faith. And there are congregations, church family, all across our land that may have everything. They may have a great worship band. They may have great lights, a great worship pastor, student pastor, teaching pastor, great facility, great parking, great greeters, great accommodations, great everything. But if you're missing the power of God, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. You'll go through the motions. I'm getting old enough that I do not want to be in that position. I do not want to be that person. I want to see the power of God work. 
And what's also interesting is if you get the opportunity, and some of you have recently in the Dominican, Malawi, Africa, and you don't just have to go out to the third world, but you do see it more often in the third world. You go to some of those places where they don't have everything that I just mentioned. They don't have a pastor. They don't even have a building. They don't even have electricity. But they solely have the power of God, and you see miraculous things happening. You know what it tells me? That's all I need. That's all I need. All this other stuff is fantastic and great. And as our church grows, we may need more space and we may need to make more accommodations and more room for people who are yet to be here. And that's fantastic and that's great and we should. But if the spiritual power of God is missing, it's all in vain. It's a waste of money, time, and energy. These guys were relying on the spiritual power of God. And what did Jesus say it was? He said it was faith because they lower this man in, being unable to get to him because of the crowd. They remove the roof. They lower this man in, verse 4 and verse 5. Jesus says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. These men were counting on Jesus to heal their friend. Think about it. Do you know how hard it would be to pull this man back up through the roof if Jesus had failed? That was not an option in their mind. They weren't counting on that. They were counting on Jesus to come through. Church family, as I read this this week, God just asked me a few questions. Here they are. Jack, where's your faith? Where's your faith? What plan... Are you executing in your life that requires faith? Or can you do it all without God? I think there are many churches where God's left the building. You know why? Because there are many churches that are operating and everything they do, they can do without God. Why should he even show up? I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. There are people smarter than me and people that I respect more than my own opinion, who over the last few weeks have said to me, they think God has finally given us what America has requested, and that is, okay, I'm letting go. I hope that's not the case. But if it has, it wouldn't surprise me. Because most of what we try to accomplish is in our own strength. And we wonder why God's disappeared. God, where are you? And I think God goes... You haven't used me or the resources that I have in 3, 4, 5, 10, 20 years. Why do you want them now? My prayer for our church as we go into this next year is that we're calling on the magnificent, almighty God of the universe to do unmistakable, unbelievable, unimaginable things here in our church that only He can do. And because only He can do them, when they happen, guess who gets the credit? Only God will get the credit. I don't know what all those things are. I don't know what it's going to look like. I know for these guys, they had extreme faith. And I think about this. I asked the Lord the question this week. Okay, God, that's great. I need more faith. But how do I I get more faith? How do I increase my faith? And I was reminded about what James says. James says, it's the testing of my faith that produces perseverance, which produces more faith which produces more trials sometimes, which produces more faith, which produces more perseverance. It's that onward cycle that helps us grow. 
And I started thinking about that with these guys in the Bible. And here's the question. I, I ask weird questions. I encourage you to ask questions when you read Scripture. I ask the question, what things did these guys have to go through? What happened in the prequel of this story that's not recorded that we don't know? What things happened in the guys' lives before this that gave them the faith and the power to go, we're taking this guy, our friend, up in the roof. We're ripping the roof open. We're lowering him down, and Jesus is going to heal him. What did they have to do? What were the steps of building their faith? I don't know, but that's one of the questions if I get to ask in heaven, I'm going to ask. Because that's bold, that's brave. I'm going up there, Jesus is going to heal them, we're taking the roof off. Find some sticks, find some shovels. What did they have to accomplish to God, with God, before this happened? I don't know. But Jesus saw their faith. And it's interesting, I may have mentioned this before, I, I, I don't know theologically how this works out but with every commentary and every lexicon and every study of the Greek language that I could find on this verse in verse 5 I I can't get around what the scripture says there when Jesus looked at these people and then he looked at the paralyzed man Jesus it says in verse 5 seeing their faith looks and says to the paralytic your sins are forgiven Didn't look at the paralytic and say, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. He looked at the group of people and said, because of their faith. Say, Jack, what are you saying? I don't know. (laughs) Could it be that your faith is instrumental in changing the life of somebody else? Could it be that our lack of faith could be instrumental in not changing the life of someone else? You see, the faith that these guys had, actually Jesus looks at them as a group and says, because of their faith, get up, your sins are forgiven. Actually, he says your sins are forgiven. But later on, when Jesus uh, knows, because he knows all things and knew what uh, the religious people and the scribes were thinking, they were thinking, well, how can Jesus say that? He's blaspheming God. How can he say your sins are forgiven? In verse 8, Jesus knew that in his spirit, and he says, why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Oh, I love, I love Jesus. <laughs> He's bold. <laughs> Which is easier, to say a sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Well, just in case you're wondering who's God here, hey, get up, walk. Just in case you're wondering. And he rose, verse 12, and he immediately took up his pallet. He went out in the sight of all, and they were all amazed. They were glorifying God, saying we've never seen anything like this. Wow. Church family, just a couple of questions as we, as we wrap up before we go to our small groups today. As I read this passage that come to my mind. Are you ready to accomplish the vision of God in this new year? It's going to require some creativity on our church a part of our church. We've, we've already been getting creative. In case you haven't noticed, we're running out of some small group space. And so we, we're trying to get creative to make room for other people. Because it's not about what I want. It's really not about, if I can humbly say this to you, it's really not about what you want. It's about what God wants. 
And so we're going to have to get creative. The other thing, it's going to require some teamwork. And I just, I just want to tell you today and, and ask you and plead with you, Jesus changed the world with 12 ordinary people, called it the disciples. We need 12 ordinary people out of this group this morning that would rise up. You say, rise up doing what? We need about three workers right now in the children's ministry. We need about three workers in the student ministry. We need about three extra hands in the media ministry. We need about three extra people that would help be greeters and greet people who are visiting. It's a shame that some of our children's workers, and thank God for them, and our youth workers find themselves serving, that's great, but for many, many weeks that over the last 12 months only get to come into a worship experience like this once in a quarter. That's not healthy. That's not healthy. Our church won't grow if we're not healthy. And the way that we stay healthy is fellowship and worship and staying together in the Word and encouraging one another. And serving is a part of that. But if some of us are serving all the time and we're not getting filled back up, trust me as a minister and a pastor guy who's been totally burned out and empty, that is not a good feeling. And it takes months and months and sometimes years to dig yourself out of burnout and being so worn out that you actually even feel anything spiritually again. And so my prayer for us as we grow as a church is we have to be healthy to grow. So I'm asking some of you today to say, you know what, I need to be a part of the team. All of us have a slot, have a job, have a function, have a gift that God can use here in this body called Crossroads. All of us. You may think, well, I'm not that talented. I'm not that smart. I can't do a lot. All I can do is sit and talk to a kid. Guess what? You just qualify. Fantastic. All I can do is type on a keyboard. Woo! You just qualify. And most of us, trust me, if you're breathing, you could be taught anything that needs to be accomplished. Do you have the faith to do it? Because our vision that God's called us to do will require faith. Because that's the spiritual energy that we need. The last thing I'd say as I looked at this scripture as we, as we close, we're going we're gonna to close this morning a little bit differently. Because as I started reading this story, again, I've read it many times like some of you. But as I started reading it this week, it's funny how, you know, when you're one of the pastors and you're reading and you're thinking, Lord, I'm, I'm studying this for these guys. And just so you know, I know Heath and Joey would attest to this, and some of you who teach Sunday school would say this too. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit goes, well, you can think that you're doing it for those guys, but no, I'm talking to you. And I got some questions for you. And so this week as I was reading this passage, the question came to my mind, okay, Jack, who are you in the story? Who are you in the story? Are you the one that's bringing paralyzed people to Jesus? Are you the scribe or the religious person sitting in the corner complaining about the way people are being brought to Jesus? Complaining about what's happening? You don't like the way that it's happened? Well, you know, you can't say to him, are you that person? Are you Jesus? Very, rare, very rarely am I Jesus in the story, by the way. But then I felt like the Holy Spirit, are you, said to me, are you the paralytic? Are you the one that's being lowered through the roof? 
Because you need to be healed. You need to be touched. You need to be forgiven. I'm not talking about just a salvation experience. You see, I'm talking about even as a believer in Jesus, the world tends to, again, beat us up and tear us down. Can I be honest? There's some Sundays I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been drugging here on a pallet. And been dropped at the altar. And I just want to say, Jesus, heal me. Maybe you feel like that today. It's all right. Guess what? This is a safe place. I felt like that before. I'll probably feel like that again. And the good news is that Jesus can look at us and say, not just your sins are forgiven, but he can say, pick up your pallet and walk. You know, I, I don't know how that happened in the Bible. There's times I read some of these stories and I'm like, I wish I was there. I don't know how it happened. But maybe it happened like this. I want you to watch this video. Maybe this is the way it happened. I don't know. Jesus of Nazareth. I saw what you did to the leopard on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got whom in there? Yes. Any believer really here for this? Yes. Down. What authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, 
take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right? But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Hey, it's Dallas and the creator of The Chosen, and yes, season one of The Chosen is complete. All eight episodes, they're available right now. You can look up The Chosen in the App Store or Google Play, and we're easy to find. You can download it and be watching within minutes. And in fact, it's unprecedented technology. You can connect to almost any device you have directly, and you don't even need a subscription. So I hope you'll check out season one of The Chosen right now. I don't know about you, why you're praying. I don't know how God's speaking to you today, church family, but I hope that he is. I'll tell you how he's speaking to me. In this new year, my prayer is that I'll have the kind of faith that that group of guys and ladies who brought a paralyzed man to Jesus, believing that he would be the kind of God that they knew he was, And this new year, I'm I'm praying that I'll be that kind of person of faith. I think if I was, it probably would change the way I approach people. The boldness that I have or that I lack right now. In a world that's desperately crying out for something of substance to put their hope in. 
And I have the answer and you have the answer. So God's challenging me in this new year to be a person of more faith. He's also reminding me that when there are times where I need to come as the paralytic on the mat before him, that he stands there ready to heal. So this morning, there are some, there are some chairs up here. <clears throat> I know you can make a decision for the Lord and he can speak to you right there in the seat. I know that. But as we wrap up this morning, if you'd be bold enough to say <clears throat> to the Lord, Lord, I need to be healthy. I need to be healed from whatever's going on in your life. Some hurt, some pain, just weariness from life over the last year. Who, who wouldn't be weary? And I want to invite you in just a minute as we start to sing our song of invitation. Just to come up and find one of these chairs up front and kneel and do business with the Lord today. Maybe to commit your heart afresh and anew as we kick off this new year. To do whatever it is that God's calling you to do to help us accomplish the vision that he's given us here in this church. And in your family. Lord, we love you. I love you, God. I thank you for the magnificent privilege to be a part of this family here at Crossroads. To be a part of the team you've assembled together. No person is here by accident. God, you have a, a, a vision for us to accomplish, a mission. And so I pray in the, these moments of quietness here as we end this service before we go into our small group studies, Lord, would you help us do business with you? Whatever that looks like, however we need to respond, my prayer above all else is that we would be obedient this morning. And we'll thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Wow, thank you again for joining us today for a very special service. And, you know, we learn a lot from our study in the book of Mark. Uh, awesome to read about who Jesus is and the power that he has in lives of people, your life and mine as well. Have you given your heart to the Lord? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord today? Uh, I'd love to know if you have, and if you want to get in touch with us and reach out, of course, you can do that through our website, hope at crossroads.org. One of the ways you can keep up with our messages from our church family is by subscribing to our podcast. You can find that on Apple Music uh, as well as Spotify. Just search for Hope at Crossroads and you'll find us right there. Hey, again, thanks for watching today. God bless you and come visit us soon.